Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7 tonight. Is a, we're going to read a chunk of scripture to get uh, the context. Well, just read up to where, where the main verse we want to get to tonight. So read several verses here. So if you got your Bibles, you can turn your Bibles. They're going to read uh, like 10 or so verses. Second Corinthians 3, verse 7. It says, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, talking about the Old Covenant, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory." For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Verse 12, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day... The same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So that's all talking about the Old Covenant, the fact that uh, there was a certain glory to the Old Covenant. But, you know, Moses, when it, things w- when it was starting to pass away, he wore a veil over his face so that that the children of Israel wouldn't see that there was, uh, that the glory was passing away. But it says that in Christ, the veil is taken away and that's so that we see differently and we see uh, more clearly as we uh, are in the new covenant. And so that's what, that's what it's going into right now. Verse 16, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Old Covenant is, is no longer in effect there was a certain amount of glory to it, but we, and he's talking about people that, you know, um, he's saying when the, the Moses is read or the, the Old Testament is read, there's still a veil that lies on people's hearts if they haven't turned to the Lord. But the veil is taken away in Christ. And then he says in verse 18, we all with unveiled face. So see, we can see clearly and we're walking in the new covenant beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we're being transformed into something. We're being transformed into His image from glory to glory, so continually, and it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Let's look at it in the NIV. It says at verse 18, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image 
with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So it says we're being transformed into His image, into Christ's image, with ever-increasing glory. In the Amplified, verse 18, says, And we all with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, Lord, who is the Spirit. So here it says we're being progressively being transformed. Progressively means it's a process. Being transformed into His image. Now it's from one degree of glory to even more glory. Now look at it in the message finally. It says, and so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. So this is the process that every Christian is participating in or going through really isn't the right thing, but that's the process that's happening for a Christian is that we're being transformed into the image of Christ. We're talking about externally, the way we behave. We're talking about the way we act. Uh, Galatians 4.19. Galatians 4.19 says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you until Christ is formed in you. In the message, this says, do you know how I feel right now and will feel until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives, like a mother in the pain of childbirth? He said, Christ's life, until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives, or Christ is formed in you. Now, we're not talking about who we are spiritually. Spiritually, we have been made new creatures in Christ, a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, if anyone is in Christ... That means if you're born again, there's many scriptures we could go over that talk about you being in him, that talk about uh, in whom, in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're a new creation. Well, what part of you is a new creation? That's your spirit part, the spirit part of you, your spirit man, your spirit being. We'll put this up. Go, to, go look. I know we're just, you know, hitting some scriptures. You don't have to turn to all of them unless you want to. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We're just going to move through some of these, though. Put this up. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Set apart you completely, may your whole spirit, soul, and body 
be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. The body's easy for everybody to identify. Everybody knows what your body is. You just wake up in the morning, you know. You have a body. You know, you go sometime in the morning without food. You know your stomach starts growling. You know you have a body. You go uh, take a, a long run or, you know, work out, and you can feel that. You have a body. What, do you, what are we looking at it right now, each other? We're looking at our bodies. We, you can't see the spirit person. You can't see. You don't ever want to see your brain. <laughs> you know, you don't ever want to see your mind. You know, there's a problem if you ever see it. But as a side thing, you believe, everybody should believe that you have a brain. But you've never seen it. That ought to go a long way to, you know, faith. You believe fully that you have a brain, but you've never seen it. It's just a side thought, okay? Never seen God, but we can believe he is. Well, I know you're a human. Yeah, but you've never seen your brain. How do you know? You've never cracked it open. You don't know if really... You're taking somebody's word for it that this is the way, you know, you can just say, well, that's easy. No, it's the same principle. It could be that easy just to believe, well, look outside. You think this all just happened? Look at the sunset. You think, duh, there's a God. Have you seen him? No. Look at that. Well, it's not the same. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's the same principle of, of taking, you're believing something. Anyway, we have a body. We, have, we are a spirit. So even by process elimination, you can tell, you know, you can't see the spirit. The, the, what's left over is your mind, will, and emotions. So the part of you that's born again is your spirit. That's the new creation. But the thing is, we have to dwell in this body and deal with our mind and our will and our emotions. And so that's the part of you that hasn't been, those are the parts of you that have not been made new. When you're born again, those parts did not become new. Your body is the same when you become born again, when you trust Christ. Your mind is in the same state. Now, you believe something, so you, you receive something into your mind, but in other words, your mind didn't get reset. You know, like you guys, that it, it, you have a phone or you have a computer. You can do a hard reset on the device, and it will go back to its factory settings. And thank God that didn't happen when we got born again. Because we'd all be a dribbling mess. You know, you do not want to have the, the brain state of a newborn. You would just clump to the ground. You don't even know how to walk, right? You just, you, you don't want that. So that's not the part that's made new. Obviously, your body, it's the same. You get born again. Your new man, your inside man has been made new. On the inside, you are a new creation. And the inside, you're brand new, all things have, all old things have been passed away, behold, all things have become new, but your body's the same, your mind is the same at that, that point. Now, we have to do something with those two parts of us, and that's called being sanctified, that's called being transformed into his image, because your spirit has already been born again. That's the part of you that's alive to God. That's the, that's the part of you where you hear God. That's how God speaks. He's a spirit. 
And the Bible says that He indwells you through the person of the Holy Spirit. He, he indwells your spirit. And so that's how He communicates with you. He doesn't communicate through your mind. He doesn't communicate through your, your body. You can have thoughts that come up from your spirit into your mind, and then, but it's the, the, the source is your spirit. You don't go by how your body feels to determine how, if God's saying anything. You don't go by if your mind is, understands everything to determine what the will of God is. You go and by what the Spirit says. So that's how you hear God. That's how you contact God. The, the Spirit is the part of you that's been born again and made new, but your outward man has not. And that's a process. And so this can be a stumbling block for people if we don't understand what the Word of God teaches concerning these things and that we have to grow and that by renewing our mind and by subjecting ourselves to the Word and by the Spirit that we can change, you'd be confused. Because you read some parts of the Word of God and you say, well, I'm supposed to be, you know, I see what I'm supposed to do, but I'm dealing with my flesh. I'm dealing with my mind. Everybody does. We all have flesh. When we talk about flesh, we talk about our body. And the, 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 your flesh is not born again, so its nature, it, it wants to do stuff. It'll do whatever you tell it to do, but as long as you live, if you just let it go default, your flesh is just going to want to do stuff that you don't want it to do. You're going to have to do something with it. And if you let your mind go, it'll, it'll go in the wrong direction just because you're surrounded with none, just in the world that's not good. So you have to train your mind. You have to fill it with the right thing so that it can be reprogrammed in the right direction, and then you can live according to those things, to what you've read and put into you, and you can tell your body what to do. So your spirit's alive to God. It's made brand new, and, and there, your, your spirit, there's nothing wrong in your spirit. It's brand new. It, was, it wasn't just patched. It was completely made new. But you're going to deal with your body and, your, and your, your mind, will, and emotions. And that's a process. And so we have to submit ourselves to God and His Word in order for that to change. And as, as we do, then we can grow and come up. And this is the process that every Christian ought to be going through. Now, you don't have to. You know, you can get born again and just stay there. There ought, ought to be outward expression. There ought to be fruit. There ought to be a change in our behavior. Yes. There ought to be a change in how we behave. And we ought to come up to what be tra being transformed into what God says in His Word and by His Spirit that we ought to do. What He says in His Word, ought, that, that should be our target, and we ought to get up every day, you know, um, believing and acting that we can act like Jesus. We, we should not get up, go, well, I just, I just don't know if I can do it today. You're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up just to behave like the world and acting like we don't have God living on the inside of us, just acting like a mere person. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, verse 1. Keep looking at verses. So we're being transformed into His image. 1 Peter 2, verse 1. It says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow 
thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now we're going to see, we'll see how many we get through tonight. But as we read some of these verses, you're going to see some things like here. If you read verse 1, it says, therefore laying aside something. It's saying to put aside something and then to go towards something. Laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Well, what does growing look like? It, it, it looks like becoming more and more like Jesus. Well, then you would have to lay aside some of this other stuff. You'll be laying it aside. You'll be putting it down. You'll be putting it away. And you'll be acting, you'll be picking up the, uh, the behavior that looks like Christ. So it's a growth process. We're supposed to grow as Christians. It's not okay to be in the same state a year from now or five years from now as we are today. I mean, we know this naturally, right? I mean, you just look at a child. They're going to naturally grow physically. If everything is working okay, you know, you look at them one year to the next year, they're going to be growing and changing. Might not always be as dramatic as, you know, some years. I know Andrew, you know, in particular, I don't know what age he was, but, you know, he was like this tall, and then a year later, he's like, he grew five, six inches, and he shot up. Well, he didn't always grow five or six inches every year, but, you know, he was changing all the time. And if everything's working right, a child physically is going to grow, but they don't have to grow. They'll, they'll grow to some degree emotionally uh, and, and mentally and in their attitude, but you could have an 18-year-old that has a juvenile, just a, a really young mindset. They don't have to grow emotionally. Well, but you expect them to if everything is working normally. You, you don't expect... Uh, you know, a 10th grader to act like a second grader. When you're putting them in school, they, when they get done with the class at the end of the year, they're supposed to be further, be further, be further. There's some things, you know, that a senior in high school can do that a three-year-old just, or I mean, a, a third grader just cannot even wrap their mind around. But they're supposed to grow to buy it by the time, they're supposed to be able to handle it by the time they're getting done with high school because they're supposed to be going out going to college, getting a job, something where they're, they're actually ten, uh, contending with the real world, but you don't have to. Somebody could not grow. And, and there's, you know, people could go just even naturally, decade after de decade, and not actually come up in, just even naturally speaking, not come up in understanding and, and growing in some things. So that would be like, you know, you have a a 35-year-old man, if they didn't grow and didn't learn stuff and they, they didn't move them on in school, you know, in a seventh grader's desk sitting there hunched over, still not learning things. Well, so for naturally speaking, that would be ridiculous. But Christians, spiritually, you can do the same thing. You could have gotten born again and maybe grown a little, but then stayed there year after year, decade after decade, and you're, you know, been a Christian for 30 years, but still, if you were to look at it, if you were to see into the spiritual realm, it would be just like that adult crammed into a child's desk. That not growing, just going through the same thing every year, not getting a hold of anything, just like, well, I've been a Christian for all this time, but not growing up, not, not maturing 
not maturing spiritually. God, our master Jesus, expects us to grow. It's natural to grow. We're supposed to grow spiritually. We're supposed to be more mature next year than we are this year. I fully expect to grow over this next year. I fully expect in five years to be at a different place than I am now. I fully expect to look back at, you know, this year's model of gym, version of gym, and be like, you know, you're doing the best you could, but you've learned some stuff. I know absolutely if I go back and look at previous years, like if I go back 20 years, there are some things that I've learned, thank God. (laughs) Now, doing the best I knew how to do. But you grow. There's nothing wrong with it. If, you, if, if, anybody, if, we, if anybody would think, no, I've arrived, we're, we would be in pride to think that. We're supposed to grow all the way to the point where we step off into eternity with Jesus. And guess what? We're going to learn some things after this life. It's not like we're done. Some people think, well, it's, what are we going to do in heaven? It's boring. You're dealing with the, the creator of the universe. You can't even plumb the depths of everything. He's got an infinity, eternity head start on you. You're not going to learn everything in the first, I know there's no time, but week in heaven. We don't even know anything. I mean, it's not going to be boring. We're going to, there's going to be things. We don't know a lot about it. But if God created this whole thing, you think, well, that's it. You get, you get up there and it's like, that's all I got. You saw it all. You want to look at the solar system stuff and that's it, but I don't, I don't have anything new. Really just waiting for you to get here. <laughs> that's not true. So we, we're expected to grow here and grow the whole time until we step off. So it's okay that we're learning. Yes. We ought to be learning. We ought to be growing. It's okay that you don't have everything completely uh, figured out the way you're, you're going to you know, know more in the future. That's okay. We ought to stay in that teachable state. Look at another verse, 2 Peter. Let's go to the next book, 2 Peter 3, verse 17. 2 Peter 3, 17. It says, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, let, you know, first thing he's saying is, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. In other words, don't think that you're so stable that you can't fall, being led away with the error of the wicked. Verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to come up. We're supposed to be more like Jesus continually. Look at Colossians 3, verse 18, or 3, verse 8, excuse me. Colossians 3, verse 8. So it says, but now you yourselves are to put off these. Now here's another place where it's saying you're putting off something. Here it says, you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, 
filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is no, neither Greek nor Jew, neither uh, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. So he's saying to put off something, put off the old man. Let's read, uh, let's just read verse 8 and 9 again. But now you have, you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. So you're put, supposed to put something off. We're talking about growing. We're talking about being transformed. What does that look like? You're putting off something. You're putting off the old man. What's the old man? Your, your fleshly nature, your unrenewed mind, the thoughts that don't line up with the word of God. You're putting those off. You're laying those down. And then verse 10, and put on the new man. What's the new man? You're, you're, being, you're uh, born again on the inside. You have uh, the nature of God living on the inside. And the, to the degree you, you act, behave in accordance with that new nature is the degree which, to which you are maturing. And ultimately, just jump here, you're, you're, the more you, to the degree you walk in love, because God is love, you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. To the degree you walk in love is the, to the, is the degree that you are maturing. A mature person, spiritual person, is not the one that, it's not, doesn't look like a lot of people say, think it looks like. It's, it's not the external things like, even flowing in the gifts of the Spirit or, or anything. We, 1 Corinthians 13 has a lot to talk about that. We're not going to jump there now. But it has to do with you walking in love. Because when you walk in love, you are, you are walking according to the new nature. You're walking like Jesus. You're doing what Jesus would do. So to put on the new man is to behave like Jesus in every situation. Well, Jesus walked in love in every situation. And so that is growing. It doesn't have anything to do with how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't have anything to do with how many scriptures you can quote. Quoting scripture is good, but there's people that aren't even born again that can quote scripture. It's what you do with it. It's if you, see, if you can quote something or you know something with your head, but it doesn't translate into you actually doing it, you're not maturing. You're not actually, you can't actually do it. So it's head knowledge. It's religion. That'd be like, you know, you pick your sport, you know all about it, you know all the stats, but you couldn't do anything on the field. As far as maturity in that sport or skill in that sport, you don't have any. You might have knowledge about it. You could tell how to do it. That's a whole lot different than doing it. You could read the Bible and say, this is how I'm supposed to behave. But what does your behavior look like? Can, is it matching up with the inward man, or is it just do, it looks just like the world? That degree, to the degree that we're matching up with the inward man and we're uh, behaving according to the new nature is the degree that we are maturing, that we're a mature person. 
and that ought to change over time. We ought not to just have, we, we ought not to settle and say, well, that's just me. What do you mean by just me? If we're talking about the old nature, this is in my family, this is how people acted, and that's just what we do, we're supposed to put that off if it doesn't agree with the Word of God. You should not settle and say, well, I just, I just can't, I can't do X. It can be different for any, you know everybody has different challenges. Don't ever judge anybody for what, what they're doing. You, everybody, every one of us has enough to keep us busy just doing what we need to do to line up with the Word of God. And you don't know, none of us know where somebody else is coming from. That's not to say you just get loosey-goosey and just say whatever. Go. No, it's not our place to judge people. And, well, that's easy. Why don't you just get that? Uh, they could probably flip that on its head with you in some places or me. Why, why don't you just do this? Well, you don't understand. I've had this and this, and I saw this, and it's not easy. Well, what do you, maybe they're going through something similar. We ought not to do that. We ought to just trust God and to do what he's, he's telling us to do. Make the changes with what he's telling us to do. Put off our old deeds. Don't settle for anything. If you see something that you know is not according to the word of God, you, we shouldn't say, well, that's, I'll, I, that's okay. I'm just going to live like that. We ought to say, God, show me, help me. My heart is to change this. I go into every day, not, not, not with the desire to, to miss it, with the desire to live according to the way God would have me to live. Yes. And then God will help us. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to just walk perfectly tomorrow. And this is where people trip up. They have a desire. They see it in the Word. If you're not careful... That can be used against you. Satan is, is cunning. Try to use your heart. Try to get you into condemnation because you don't see where you're, you know where you want to be and you're not there. Now, we're not talking about excusing sin. But all of us are in a process. Not one of us has arrived. I know, I mean, there's probably people right now that, yeah, but, but you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. We're all in a process and we're all growing. And there's things that you see now, or I should say it this way, there's things that you don't see now that we're doing that you will see or I will see in a few years or a few months or whatever. And you'll realize, okay, I thought I was doing so well, but now I see. Well, you're only accountable for what you see. And that's why you don't know what somebody else sees. You could think, well, I see that. Isn't that obvious? They, you don't know what they see. You don't know what they're seeing inside. It's, that's between them and God. But we need to just look at ourselves and go, okay, how am I putting on the new man? How am I? What, God, what am I to be doing? What am I to be working on? What can I come up in? and then show me how to do it? Because God will give you the plan that will get you to the next place and you won't have to go backwards. If it's your plan or if it's somebody else's plan that you try, God gave them a plan, God showed them, but then you try to take their plan and just shoehorn it into what for your life, it may or may not work. We have to be led by the Spirit. 
And so if, if, if we're trying to get somebody else's plant, you may get some results for a while, but you may go backwards too. You know, you go up, but then you go back down. Whereas if you'll follow God, he'll give you the way that is going up that you don't have to continually regress. You can go up, you can move forward, and you don't have to deal with that thing for the next 30 years. Because he will deal with the root. He won't deal with the, the, the uh, superficial. He's not trying to get just superficial results, just get a little bit of something to behave different, but internally it's really got you as much as it ever has. He's going to deal with the root so that you're truly free. And you're truly walking uh, according to the new man. And then, you know, he'll bring you up little by little. And so we need to trust him. So verse 10 says, and, and have put on, so put off the old man, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of who created him. So you're going to put on the new man renewed in knowledge as you get the knowledge of the word of God, the entrance of his words bring light. You're going to see things. He's going to give you direction and unction. You're going to see how you need to change. You're going to see how to implement it. You're going to have the ability to do it by his grace, and then you'll steadily grow. The number one thing you have to give him is your will, your time, your attention. You have to be able to, you have to put yourself in a position to change. You have to see the word and you have to put yourself under the word of God and the spirit of God and humble yourself so that he can bring you up. That's the first thing. And if you'll do that and you trust him and his grace, you will grow. And you, you just have to shut everybody else. And we're not talking about being in sin. We're not talking about living loose. But you can't live somebody else's life. You can't worry about where somebody else is in their growth path. You have to say, I am dealing with the Lord. He is dealing with me. I'm going to come up. But one thing I know, for me, I'm going to be close, more closely conformed to the Word of God in the future, in a year from now, two years from now, than I am now. Yes. And I'm going up. Amen. And really, you're just dealing with you. They, because nobody else has the starting place you do, and nobody else has the background you do, and so there's no use in comparing. There's no use in trying to measure yourself by somebody because it's impossible. There's too many variables. What you need to do is look at the Word of God, look at your life, deal with your circumstances, with your marriage, with your family, with your immediate people that you're going you're gonna to come into contact with, and then you move forward in all of that as God leads you, and you're going to grow. And then you shut everything else out. You run your race. We've talked about that. Another, it's your race for you. It's not somebody else's race. But for you, you may be further than somebody else, but you also may be a Christian for 20 years longer. So don't worry. Don't compare. You don't get into that where, well, I'm further than them. Yeah, but there's somebody else that's been saved for a year and is running laps around you. <laughs> it's just not. Don't even go there. You don't even want that coming back on. You know, it's just like, God, just show me. Help me. I want to be the best me I can. I want to come up. I want to grow in you. And you will be transformed. And things that used to, used to deal with, as God leads you and guides you, guide you, they'll fall off. And you'll see, that just doesn't even have a hold on me anymore. I'm behaving like this. And I'm really here. I'm not trying to be here. I'm not trying to get over this. I'm not constantly struggling I'm here. 
Not saying you're right, but you know. This stuff, I used to this, this, I used to bump up against this. But you know what? That's not, that's not a problem for me. And this other thing that I wanted to implement is a good habit. I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it. I mean, I, I'm doing it, and it's, it, it's steadied. I, I've been doing it. it. It's who I am now. Well, I'm growing, and I, can, and I can be more effective then. It's not just so I can say I'm growing. I can be more effective for God. I can be more effective in the kingdom. I can help other people. I can bring them up, and I can do what God's called me. Now, it's all through his grace and his help, but I got to give him my will, and I got to cooperate with him because it's not going to just happen if I just sit there and wait for him to do it. But if I'll do that, I'll grow, and then I'll give him all glory because I'll know it was him that was helping me and that I couldn't have done it for myself because I tried 25 times before, but he will bring me up, and now we just glorify God, and we, if we, the more we do that with the people around us and with the company we're running with, oh, it's just awesome just to go on with Him. Yes, and then he, gives, he gets the glory. Amen? Amen. Praise God.